Britt, I th- think we may be uh, stuck doing five hours today, just on and on. There's just uh, way, no. way too much. I don't have five hours of anything in me. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't even know if I could sleep for five hours at this point. So, yes, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, all right. I uh, I got something to, to start with here. With uh, and we'll, we'll do this quickly and move on because because of the obvious time lag of what we do here. But uh, when I saw Obama and listened to Obama on Wednesday night uh, make his speech, and and by the way, I am so glad he did that live. If he would have taped that, oh, recorded, wow. oh my God, that would have shown that he just is just clueless, right? Right. Well, it's it's right next. I think he was from the uh, Museum of the American Revolution in Philadelphia. Is that where he is? Yeah, I think that's yeah. where he was, which is right next door to the the Ron Jaworski Museum. Yeah. That's you, that's you, amazing. You, you know, what I thought I was here. I, I thought I was hearing the the modern version of a great motivational speech by somebody in history, and I was trying to think about who it might be. And I thought, well, Alexander Hamilton, you know, I'll, but 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 Hamilton wasn't, I don't think, this tremendous speech maker. And I thought, well, well, hang on. There's all these speeches of Winston Churchill uh, leading up to the war, during the war, after the war. I thought, gee, can I find a, a paragraph that reminds me of what I heard Obama say um, last night? And this was. Um, right before the Germans started to bomb Britain, you know, they'd been bombing the shit out of France and all. And, mm-hmm. then, and he knew and the British knew that the Nazis were about to start bombing Britain. They didn't know where they didn't know how often. But this you know, is the Blitzkrieg, right? Right. Just the Battle of Britain, just just night after night pounding. And, you know, and they all hid in the subways. You know, the, right. you know, the story. So, so these are the words of Churchill. And I thought this sounds like what we were hearing on Wednesday night, different version, different things. Churchill says, if we can stand up to him, now, him, of course, was Hitler. In this case, it's Trump. If we can stand up to him, all of Europe may be free. All right, how about the United States will continue to be free? And the life of the world may move forward into broad, sunlit uplands. But if we fail, in other words, if Trump wins the election, if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age made more sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. He, he said that then. He almost knew that there would be science-denying Republicans 70 years later in the United States. Let us, therefore, brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and the Commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will say this was their finest hour. And I thought, that, you know, he was summoning the British people to suck it up, get it done, hang in there. There's no alternative to victory. Backs against the wall, 110%, no tomorrow, all that shit. And I thought, you know, that's what Obama was doing on, yeah. on Wednesday night. He didn't leave anything no. on the table. It's so much more effective because he hasn't for the last three and, a, three and a half years been out there bitching about Donald Trump, you know? And that that was like the first time publicly that Donald Trump's name has come out of his mouth, and it makes it so much more effective. Mm-hmm. When he said, look, I, I didn't expect Donald Trump, my predecessor, to continue my policies or to like me or anything like that, but I did kind of think he might start to take the job seriously. I did think that that could happen. 
And it was, I mean, it was, you know, it was exactly what you expect out of Barack Obama. He set such a high bar for himself, and he did the eight years he was in office. Every time that he speaks, every time he, he always hits the right notes. I would defy anybody to go to any Barack Obama speech ever since he emerged into the public spotlight at that 2004 Democratic convention, right, when John Kerry was nominated, and he gave that amazing speech, which elevated him so much. Every time he's given a public speech, I don't think there's anybody that goes, mm, I don't know, he was a little off. It was the wrong note. It really kind of underperformed. I don't think that's happened in 16 years. Yeah. Um, by the way, did you notice he did not stumble once? He did not no. mispronounce one word. No. <laughs> I mean, everybody else, when the segments are live, messes up or and that's just very normal. But he's that good as a, as a speaker and I think this goes down, you know, they may have to expand that, you know, the 10 great speeches in American history list or somebody might get bumped because, uh, th this was the, the call to electoral arms yeah. for Americans to just not sit there and allow Jill Stein to be the difference in the number of votes in Michigan again. You cannot do that. We cannot allow this and, uh, any, whining or complaining oh, presidents don't normally talk about their predecessors they never did. it's off the boards it's off the boards this is survival this is existential survival of american democracy as it's a republic it's not a democracy. shut up shut up uh this is uh, uh, we're fighting for our survival here because right. i really do think 4 years from now we would not recognize this country, and, and, and what's, what's amazing, what's amazing is just in the last 24 hours, we've got, you know, five different subjects we could talk about here that exemplify the fright, the danger, the insanity of this guy, Donald Trump. It's just, since Obama spoke since that speech ended at, at a quarter to 11 Eastern time. There have been three or four more stories. And his reaction earlier in the day yesterday, which was a complete lie, and I was, you know what I do now sometimes? I'm sitting there, and I see a question asked at these fake press conferences that are actually rallies, and I'll see the the uh the person start to ask the question then i'll freeze the dvr i'll do what neil bortz used to do this was actually one of his more entertainment he would he would answer the question the way a president should in his opinion answer the question well the game i play is can i predict exactly what a lie and what a lame answer trump is going to give how are you and, doing? <laughs> well, I, I, well, because it was uh, with the the uh, QAnon question from oh, right, uh, Shannon yeah. Pettypiece of NBC. Are you going to save America from a satanic cult or whatever? Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and so I, I I stopped it and I said, all right, let's see. Um, I've never heard of it. I don't know what what they are. Um, he might ignore the question. But oh, you undershot again, this one by a lot. I, I know I did. I, I I I couldn't get there because <laughs> you know, I I. I I hit the button, and and he comes on, and he plays the, well, they like me, so they must be okay. If I did save America from uh, a satanic right. cult, would that be a bad thing? Right. In other words, <laughs> I, I couldn't beat, I couldn't beat 
the clock. I He's the master. He's the master. He's the Jeopardy James. He's the Ken Jennings of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you can't touch this guy. There's no possible way that you can do it. Right. So, so by the way, so as we speak, that wasn't even 24 hours ago before the before the convention on Wednesday night. And then uh, sitting there and, you know, during sporting events, when you live tweet with your friends or you just make obnoxious comments back and forth, that's what you do. But when you're the president of the United States and you're tweeting during the convention because they're talking about me, I can have I, to respond. Can <laughs> I get a quarter cookie? Because I did predict, and this was like an easy prediction, that he was. this was going to be the night he lost his shit because it was going to be Barack Obama. Yeah. And then, oh, my God, it's another woman of color, Kamala Harris, also speaking. So I knew that his head would blow off. And then you add Hillary into the mix. By the way, all of them were great, including Nancy Pelosi. They were all very good, very appropriate, and they hit logistical things about getting people to vote. All of that stuff was wonderful. Yeah, but I, you just knew that this was going to be when he lost his shit. It, it was going to be the night that he couldn't handle it. Uh, so then you wake up on, on Thursday morning to the uh, delightful news that uh, Steve Bannon and uh, three of his buddies were arrested on a boat off the coast of Connecticut. And by the way, the most delicious part of this story, beyond the uh, obvious fact that you've known that Steve Bannon is a swindler and a fraud and a and a thief and a crook, beyond the fact that uh, when they do take his mugshot, who's going to know the difference? Every picture of him looks like a mug shot. Right? Well, but now if you, with the tan, the tan makes him look like disgusting. Yeah. yeah, but but he was arrested by U.S. Postal Service agents. Okay, <laughs> think about that because I guess it's, it that involves mail fraud, and th so they sent the Postal Service. We could defund the police, agents. but we can't defund the, the postal. Right. Cops. Let's disband the Dude. U.S. Postal Service. It, 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 it doesn't get any better than that, does it? Dude, do you remember the Black Monday episodes of WKRP in Cincinnati where the terrorist group said they were going to blow up WKRP? It was like a two-parter. It was a big one. Uh, I don't remember very. So they put they put Venus flytrap and they put Doctor Johnny Fever out of the transmitter, which is this shit place with all this dust and stuff. And they have to play records and stuff to keep the station on the air. Well, then they figure out they put the bomb there at the fucking transmitter. So Johnny Fever, in a fit of pique, ends up slamming a toolbox against an old school telephone, like the 1955 telephones that weighed 75 pounds and were black. He slams the thing. He hits it. They run away from the transmitter site as it's blowing up. And Johnny believes it's the phone cops. The phone cops were after him to come get him. So as you can see, the mail cops came and got Steve Bannon. That's how it works. We have to defund the mail cops, Brad. That is going to be my next sign at my next rally is we need to defund the mail cops. Well, uh, Trump, of course, was asked about this on Thursday morning and Naturally, he, he disassociated himself, uh, as, as, as much as he could, lying his, his fat face off. I haven't had much to do with him lately. It's too bad. The, you know, I, I never thought that that private thing to build the wall was a good idea in the first place. Well, when he said that, I went and fact checked that little one to see what Donald Trump had said in the past about these private efforts to fund the wall. And I don't think this is as clean a break between Donald Trump trying to steal tax dollars, 
to to uh, build the wall, shift them around as it appears, because it looks like the money that went to that hack up in North Dakota with that construction company to build parts of the wall, it, it all fits together. A lot of people have gotten rich off of this. It just depends on what the label is that you attach to the effort, whether it's the official attempt to build the wall, whether it's the private yeah, but effort there is to no, build the there wall. There is no, like, really official, like, bullshit private I understand that. It's all and fake. That, that, that's why, again, it's a perfect Trump scam. But what about the hunt? As you know, we blame... I blame everything on him. I believe he knows everything. I believe he is Don Corleone. He is a mafia boss. And right. He doesn't give you explicit instructions. People know just what to do. And, but I'm a little scared right now yeah. because I just threw $100 into the Steve Bannon legal fund. So I don't know if I should have done that. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you get a receipt? That's the most important thing. The Steve Bannon legal defense fund. Let me get the uh, address on, for you. Hang on. Clark going. Howard wants you to know that when you do that, you should use a credit card, not a debit card. It's easier it's, to get a refund. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and get that. It's GoFundMe.com slash you're a fucking idiot. And that's all one word. Okay. <laughs> Just I want you to put that into your browser. And I, that's the Steve Bannon legal defense fund. If you want to go ahead and give money. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, I, I, I think it's all, it's all brilliant. It's all wonderful. And he's already, he said, the quote from Trump was, he was sad. Yeah. <laughs> Steve right. Bannon, I'm sad. Do you truly believe that Donald Trump has ever been sad? This is what Donald Trump is sad about. When he gets to the end of the ice cream, I'm sad. Well, That's it, the it, only it, thing that ever makes him sad. Yeah, not just that. Just remember, he's sad over this. But uh, what's her name? Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend, Giselle, yeah, whatever. I wish her well. He, he wishes her well. Wish Does he wish well. Bannon well? No, and, and again, all these people dead, it is what it is. Well, when Steve Bannon gets arrested, it is what it is. I'm sorry. I gotta. I, I know it's been – Michelle Obama pretty much stamped her, her whole situation all over that. But, yeah, when Steve Bannon gets arrested, it is what it is. And, yes, with his stupid new tan – he looks darker than any cigar store Indian you ever saw, and he looks like one of those swingers out of those 1977 Playboy issues. That's what this guy looks like now. He's, so he's, he's, his he's skin is full leather now, huh? Oh, Jesus, it's terrible. I mean, it's unbelievable. The number of – this is another a, a rant that I get off on. A lot of these Got Trump it. guys that are incredibly incredibly racist, particularly against uh, Latinos, because you can still – you, you got to kind of sort of a little bit couch the racism against uh, African Americans. Not so much. It's really come back to the forefront in the past three and a half years, but you still have to kind of – eh, it's not – but against Latinos, you can go full bore. You can go nuts. The people who would be uh, uh, against and, and racist toward Latinos and they're going to rape everybody and they're taking your job, somehow those people end up being way darker than most Latinos I see on the street. There's a certain – if certain people get to a certain shade gradation in their complexion, it's good. But if certain people do it, it's bad. It's very difficult, Brad. It's very difficult to kind of differentiate exactly where that might be. Where the well, line is. Uh, it's very simple. If you're born looking that way, it's bad. If you <laughs> if you acquire it by uh, laying outside uh, on your expensive yacht or at your expensive <laughs> island and you get really dark, that's good. I think Isn't it's kind of privilege? simple. There's a big Isn't difference. that white privilege, the idea that you could be, you know, you could be beyond beige and still have all the privilege of a white dude? Isn't, isn't that the, the de very definition of it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's it. Hey, you know what, you know what I was, uh, uh, thinking the other day, uh, when I was hearing this over, because, you know, you have to be really careful 
when you're making statements that seem like they are right, but you better check to make sure whether it's really still true. And uh, 500 times over the last few weeks during the whole back and forth over the Postal Service and them screwing it up and Lewis did Joy sucks, and he's a toady, and he's a rich guy who's a Trump's friend who gave him a lot of money, and he's and, and you know uh, all, all these people who uh, get their social security checks and and, the, and I thought, wait a minute, hold the phone here. How many people still actually get a physical social security check in the mail? Because I thought this is my thing. I thought that you had to get it direct deposit. Okay, so this has been officially fact-checked, and it is true that anybody who applied for benefits after uh, May of 2011 uh, gets their payments electronically. If you were already getting paper checks, you had until 2013 to switch to direct deposit. Uh, if not, then they would send you a debit card <laughs> because that meant that you probably didn't have a bank account, right, for direct deposit. But even with all that, even with them trying to browbeat everybody into not taking paper checks anymore, guess what? Some people are still getting paper check Social Security. It happens. And uh, if you'd like to play high-low on that, and now um, 63, 64 million people get Social Security right, right now. Out of that, how many do you think get a physical paper check each month i'll say six million ten percent uh no it's it's uh only five hundred fifty thousand people now wow when i say only five hundred fifty thousand people that's let's see that's about uh, uh four times the number of people that have died of coronavirus right now so it's a big number it's a significant number of people but i just <laughs> And, 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 and even Trump wouldn't be this this small to to mention this to say who the fuck gets their social security check in as a check anymore. But you know, very few people still get it. But on the other hand, it's a significant number of people, and they should be respected. And it doesn't give you the right to screw up the postal service because those five hundred fifty thousand people, I'm sure, depend on that money getting there on the the first or the second of the month whenever it arrives so but it's just kind of an interesting little sidelight issue because every time people say anything you got to you got to check it right you you got to check to see if it's oh yeah if it's real but i think what you're i think what you're saying again is is so important because donald trump doesn't care about those people at all he doesn't give a shit about those people and you've heard I've, I've heard it from a couple of presidents. I don't know if I've heard it throughout my entire lifetime. I certainly heard it from George Bush. I certainly heard it from George W. Bush. I certainly heard it from Barack Obama. And I think others may have said it implicitly, if not explicitly, that, look, I'm the president of the people who don't like me and the people who didn't vote for me as well. They, they've said that. And they have to do stuff that helps those people. Donald Trump doesn't believe that. I don't think Donald Trump believes he is the president of those assholes in California or no. those assholes in New York or the, you know, name it. I, I, I think he, and he, and he does, he takes, he takes active steps to hurt those people. And, and when you think about the stupidity of that, I, I believe that what I'm saying is true. I would have to check it. He got more votes from people in California than any other state. 
right? He he did not win that state, but California has so many people, <laughs> right, that even in losing, he got who knows how many millions and millions and millions of votes. So to say to California, hey, you got fires, fuck them, put them out yourself. I'll send you some blankets, uh, put them out, with, you know, is is so sick. It's so wrong, and the fact that other presidents mention that explicitly, it's sad they have to do it, but they do it, and everybody knows, for the most part, it's true. I don't ever recall, I don't recall George W. Bush or Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or Reagan or any of them singling out states that didn't send their electoral college votes in favor of them in the previous election. I didn't notice them being discriminated against by that president in such an explicit way to make it so obvious that in the next election, should they run for re-election, and I just named all presidents who did run for re-election, that they would have to answer for that kind of aberrant, sick behavior of not being the president of uh, all the people. Uh, you don't. In the Constitution, it does not say that the winner of the Electoral College becomes the president only for those states that voted electoral votes for him. It does not say that there. And, and you know set why, that up since day one. They've said, but they've you, know, you know why it doesn't say that there, Bert? Because no one ever thought we'd have such a prick shit <laughs> who, would, who would take that and, and, and run with it in the just abhorrent way that, that Trump has done this. So it, it leads us, after 230-some years, to uh, Wednesday night and a, a, a previous president having to say that the future of the country hangs on the uh, outcome of the next election. And you know what? You've heard it your whole life. I've heard it my whole life. This is the most important election in American history. And we say it, we say it, we say it, we say it. And it's never really true. Now it's true. It really <laughs> this is the is one. <laughs> because of the, the, the demonstrated behavior uh, 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 George W. Bush was not a great president, not a great president, but nobody thought in the election against John Kerry that the country would turn into a dictatorship uh, and rule of law would, would just melt away if George W. Bush got reelected. Same with Obama, same with Clinton, same with Reagan. But this time, it's true. He has demonstrated he does not care about the rule of law of law, which again makes the other story that popped up. This is after he uh, supported QAnon and after Obama gave his speech and after Steve Bannon got uh, arrested that the uh, federal judge in New York called bullshit on Trump's lawyers and said, turn over the damn taxes. It's not a witch hunt. It, we didn't make it up out of whole cloth. You must turn over Donald Trump's taxes uh, to the uh, to the authorities there, to the Southern District, cut the shit, and this is all existential threats to the country, and uh, you cannot have a lawless thug as your president. You shouldn't, and people who vote for this lawless thug have more to answer to than than just their God. They have people that they know, they have relatives, they have friends, and they're going to have to defend this forever, and. Uh, I I just hope that what we're thinking comes true, which is a blowout victory for uh, Kamala Harris and uh, Joe Biden. I, I mean that that's the cure. Sadly, that is the cure, at least in the short run. 
Yeah, and I, I think what did you think of uh, the the night uh, at the DNC with all the speeches from from Hillary and from Barack Obama and Kamala Harris and uh, everybody? I thought I thought it was another great night. I think the presentation, the messaging, and everything has been fantastic. It was uh was it was it Kerry Washington who was hosting last night? Yeah, yeah. Kerry Washington was your host last night. Uh, tremendous job. She always does a great job. Uh, I think the the messaging has always been on point. The staging has been very good. All of that stuff is important, but the the meat and the logistics of how to vote and what's going on, I thought all of that stuff was represented really well. And and I think it's been a I think so far it's been a huge success. Again, I think America was looking for um, the Democrats not to fumble, but I think they've done they've done well better than that. Yeah, no, they're they've worked the format as as well as I think you can work it and when i think of what a democratic convention would have looked like for real in milwaukee with all the protesters with 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 possible violence with all kinds of things i think the democrats should thank their lucky stars sadly this is at the cost of you know hundreds of thousands of lives and i'm not saying i'm great that we have a disease but they should be thankful that they did not have to put on a live convention. And by the way, the Republicans should really be saying the same thing. And Charlotte should be thankful that they would not be invaded <laughs> this week. Cause I th- and in fact, I think the re- conventions would have both been over by now if they would have stuck to the original schedule, right? They wouldn't have been well into August. They're usually, yeah, they usually July. do it in July. Yeah. 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 But I, I think the, uh, and, and if you turn the clock back five, six weeks to where the country was in terms of the nightly protests, not just in Portland, um, but in a lot of other cities, if you don't think that, uh, they wouldn't have migrated big time to Charlotte and Milwaukee, you're kidding yourself. They would have. So, uh, the, the country may have been spared, uh, a lot of angst, uh, a lot of violence. And maybe even worse, uh, had those conventions actually occurred in person the way they, the way they used to. That's just my, you know, off the top of my head thought here on this. And the, uh, the Democrats who are able to usually summon, um, you know, famous people like Kerry Washington and tonight I think it's Julia Louis Dreyfus and uh the first night or was what's her name tracy uh, uh tracy ellis ross ross and uh and so and so who who are the uh republicans going to be left with are they going to use a celebrity kid because, rock and ted nugent and right, hank williams right, jr right, all right, all the way right. yeah they've got a celebrity deficit okay diamond diamond and silk i think john voight you're going to have john, i think you're going to have those guys ready to rock and roll but I, I heard uh, them taking a shot. Oh, as usual, Hollywood celebrities. Oh, average people can really relate to Julie, could relate to Carrie Washington. Okay. As opposed to the tremendous Clint Eastwood performance in 2012. Next. Right, right. Somebody uh, get 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 the chair ready. Call, and I, call and I hate to say that. I mean, that's a cheap shot because I like Clint Eastwood, and that, that should not be the sum total, but that's one of the last things he ever did publicly, and a lot of people are kind of going to have that to remember him with. People of a certain age are going to be like, oh, it's the old man who yelled at the chair. That's no. what they're going to say. And I, I don't think that's particularly fair, but that's that was his choice to make, and that's what they did, and they allowed him to do it. Since then. He, he has, but I, I think for... I think, but there are a lot of people who are, again, of a certain age, who are not around my age or your age, who would have no idea about 
Dirty Harry, any which way but loose, every which way you can, and all of that stuff. I think they think, well, it's just the old guy that yelled at the chair. Well, but wait, uh, but uh, people who are that much younger than us, they weren't watching the convention anyway. Don't Possibly, worry. but they were able to watch that clip because people went, look at this old guy yelling at the chair. <laughs> that was the, you don't necessarily watch the convention, but they're like, oh, these stupid Republicans got together in Tampa, and this is what they thought would be entertainment. And it, it wasn't even necessarily Clint Eastwood's fault when we go back to it. They allowed that to happen. They, when they staged that whole situation, that Stu Stevens guy, right? He was the guy that was very much in charge of that convention. He was supposed to be a Hollywood guy and know all about appearances and optics and shit like that. And they just let him kind of do that. And it, it was dreadful. It, it's one of the worst moments, I think, in any convention, certainly in my lifetime, in terms of, you know, just the staging or anything else. You can, the only there's thing almost nothing that, that compares to it. And, uh, well, the only thing that compares to it is when Marlon Brando refused his uh, Oscar. I mean, that was just <laughs> Horrible. You can talk about you can talk about the optics of you know people being beat up on the convention floor in Chicago in 1968, and granted, wasn't great. And also reporters getting slugged around too on the convention floor in Chicago in 68. Again, not a great look, but but, but you know that this was something that was an official it wasn't what part happened inside the convention. It was what happened outside. The well, that too, but you also had you know yes, also that had, too, it was that. That was you also it. had some of Daly's thugs beating up Dan Rather and shit like that on live well, television he, in 1968. Let's, let's be fair, he deserved it. Okay. <laughs> Knowing what we know about Dan Rather, they were just getting a couple of shots in. I, I have to tell you something, though, Britt. I believe that this uh, this whole race is going to close up. The holes are going to get a lot, lot. This is going to be tighter than the lug nuts on a 57 Chevy. Well, it's crackling like a hickory fire over there in Donald Trump's hell. And by the way, hell is where all of you are going. That's what the QAnon people say if you don't vote for Donald John Trump Sr. <sighs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss that at all. I'm looking, I'm trying to look at the tweets. Did they do anything else? Oh, they made a, they made fun of Obama on one of his tweets. Um, now this is how they're, they're trying to get past the Goodyear story very much. As we detailed yesterday, Donald Trump went nuts in, on Goodyear and said, we need to boycott Goodyear and you can get better tires for less money elsewhere because. Did he say, I meant Goodrich? <laughs> <laughs> Dummy Goodrich doesn't have a blimp. Uh, he's retweeted a story from something called NBC 15 News, uh, which is some something in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, Goodyear employee says new zero tolerance policy barring items like Blue Lives Matter and All Lives Matter and MAGA tire is discriminatory. This is what he's decided to what they call Brad. We call that signal boosting yeah. in the social media game. That's what he's decided he wants to signal boost for his followers. See, but nobody cares. Okay. Nobody does. This, nobody this, does. No, no, nobody cares. And uh, you didn't. You didn't do anything to help my kids get back to school except whine about it. Well, okay. here's what here's you, did, you didn't do anything the, except lie about how great we're doing against the the coronavirus. You know, the numbers of new cases are 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 going down in a couple of the states, including our own, including Florida. I mean, the number of new cases is, is going down, but so far. Our experience is that the United States is made up of such morons that when that happens, you go, okay, well, let's open everything up again. And the temptation to make the same mistake over again, uh, until proven otherwise, it's going to be there. Florida is going to, at a certain point, with still a lot of new cases and with still people in the hospital, uh, without crushing the coronavirus in, in, in any meaningful sense, is going to say, 
let's try to start reopening again. They're going to make the same mistake, and, and we're going to be approaching the fall soon and the winter where the virus really does uh, have an easier time to to move around because people are stuck inside more. They're not outside. There isn't going to be restaurants that are open outside uh, outside of Florida and, and, and Texas. Yeah, so everything's going to be in, so the, the virus is going to love that. The virus loves winter time. The virus loves the long ball. The virus loves uh, 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 cold weather because it, it it does better in that. So um, and so he's just lying. He, he's just completely lying about what's going on every day. Comes out and reads the same statistics that that mean nothing. They, they they just mean absolutely nothing. And then he spins them and cherry picks them and lies about them and reads the same script you know, every day. And uh, that's what people are thinking about. That's what they're thinking about. And when can I get a job? And you know uh, the unemployment rate went back up today the number of new people applying for unemployment went back up well over a million again every week every week and i think the number of jobs created was in the 600,000 so hmm let me see 600,000 from a million. Oh, that's, that's a net minus of 400,000 and he's out there lying every day and this is going to be the the crux of his big lie next week he is continuing to claim that over the last three months, more new jobs have been created than in the history of the country. Just think about what he's saying there. So if 30 million people get thrown out of their jobs and 9 million of them get jobs or get recalled over the next three months, that's fantastic. Okay. Now, you've got a deficit of 21 million there, but so what? That's still a bigger raw number than any other three months because we never had... Uh, 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 shittier months leading into those three months than we've just had. And he's going to lie about that. He's going to say it over and over and over and over again. And that's the, the, uh, Democrats job to, to, uh, knock that down and knock that down his throat and not for one second let anybody believe anything other than the best economy of any two term presidency in our lifetime. Is the two term, uh, two terms of Bill Clinton. That's yeah. when the most jobs were created in yeah. American history. And I'm not even adjusting for, uh, population growth later on. Okay. Well, you just know, the, the conventional wisdom on that, the way that they shit all over that is that Bill Clinton just happened to be there while the internet became a thing. And that's why economic expansion was so tremendous. And he just stood there and, and reaped the benefit of that. You know, that's what they say. I don't ever heard them say that because the internet well, in 1919. Yeah, yeah. I know it didn't explode until after 2000 with social media and stuff, but there's a lot of people who have that as conventional wisdom. And it is stupid, but it is Republican stupid conventional wisdom. So, so that's an attempt yeah. to, to completely make up something that because people in their minds, you know, I can't remember when the internet became, okay, you said it was during Clinton's, yeah, that's right. Is that what you're saying? But again, uh, those years you're saying two, what they're saying? Yes, but from 2000 yeah, yeah, yeah. to 2008, when George W. Bush was in office, there was no Internet, and that's why the economy did so shitty during those particular years. No, it got shut off. Remember when the Clinton administration left the right. White House, they stole all the, the keys off the keyboards, and they turned over the furniture, and they turned off the Internet, for, and it took eight years to fix it, and then Obama got lucky, right, mm-hmm. when the... The economy crashed, and the Internet came back as a big deal. That's it. The, I like that kind of revisionist history. I'm, 
I like that. I like it that. is. It's a, it's some amazing shit. I just saw this story that it says mail-in voting is going to be expanded in New York. New York will now allow any voters concerned about contracting COVID-19 to request an absentee ballot. So yep. that's just something the New York Times has reported. That should make him lose his mind anyway, right? Well, actually, it won't. He won't care because he knows he wasn't going to win New York anyway. <laughs> so he won't. He won't care about New York. But New York has been a shitty state forever on voting. I mean, they never had early voting. They never had regular, you know, like we do, where we have two and a half, three weeks. They've never had early voting in New York. So they've been way behind the eight ball forever. And they're trying to play catch up right now to their credit, which is what they should be doing. Every state should be giving every registered voter, every registered voter, a uh, a ballot without having to request it, and and most states are not doing that. We're not in a state where they're sending you a a ballot just because you're a registered voter. You have to ask them, which is bullshit, by the way. It's bullshit. But okay, um, but New York was uh, at least up until this moment was actually worse. But now they've they've caught up and they've they've passed us on that because uh, uh, and again with a Republican legislature. In this state, North Carolina, it would never be where the rule would be where they just send everybody who's registered a uh, a ballot in the mail, and you can either fill it out or you can ignore it and go vote in person, which is the, that's the best way to do it. It says uh, in the New York Times that the Florida becomes the fifth U.S. state to surpass 10,000 virus deaths. I can tell everybody now that uh, the place where I have my day job had tested. So there are several people who tested positive for COVID-19 and several of them are very sick. And uh, just in the past few hours, I found out that I have two negative tests, two negative tests since Saturday. So I'm good right now. Some people on social media knew about this and uh, they've been very nice about it. So I appreciate all the uh, thoughts and prayers for me. And uh, I'm perfectly healthy. I've never been symptomatic of it. And uh, I'm very glad that I'm negative. Well, may I just say this? The word negative describes you. In so many ways. It, it, so, becomes, it, you, it becomes you so well. And uh, you, you know, you, you always think, well, gee, you're, you're lucky because you don't know. You had no idea who you no, were around. No. And, and um, I knew for sure that I was within six feet of somebody who just recently tested positive. I knew that. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 frightening, and and but I've I've been aware of the risks for a while. There are a number of people who have not or have tried to ignore the risks, um, and there are a lot of people who continue to put out the mantra that it's a Democrat hoax. Uh, some of those people have had people close to them test positive and get sick, and they have had to change their tune. I don't wish that on anybody. Uh, I, I hope that that doesn't happen. I hope everybody's family can stay safe. But for some of these people, they're not going to believe it until their significant other, their child, their family member, their friend, um, their coworker tests positive and gets very sick. Um, and that's unfortunate that people's ignorance and that their mindset has to rule the day, that they figure out that this is how it has to be. This thing is being overstated. It's not real. And everything that comes within my reality, uh, reality has to affirm that. And that, why, that why makes me that, really sad. Yeah, but why is that any different than, than people who suddenly wake up after someone in their family gets shot? And he goes, well, you know what? I love the gun. And by the way, nine out of ten of those people say it doesn't change my view at all. 
Right. No, right. that's true. That, I, I, that, I mean, and I, I think the, the love of Donald Trump and the support of him, even though his policies are kicking the shit out of you, I think that's kind of an offshoot of all of that. You have to have a lot of cognitive dissonance and all that stuff. And you've seen a lot of people in, in rural areas where his policies absolutely are devastating them. You can, yeah. and you can name any, any number of them. The, the tariff war against China hurting farmers in rural areas. And oh, by the way, here's some government money, which doesn't amount to anything to help you out with your farm. Um, a lot of these farmers that depend on, um, immigrant labor and have for decades in order to get stuff done. His policies and trying to demonize the Latino community have hurt them. That's happened. You've seen him kick the shit out of uh, health care in America, and very poor people who are trying to get health care have a harder time getting it because of him. Any of any, Just pick one. I mean, these are all policies that have hurt people in rural America who don't have means who support this guy, but there are still a few of them. Some of them have been peeled off. There are still some of those people that still hang on to the dream as far as Donald Trump is concerned. Well, uh, not just some. I mean, that those are his supporters. That that's yeah. whatever whatever percent it really is, whether it's thirty five, forty, forty two, or as Donald Trump would like to say, seventy five percent of Americans support him. Um, there's there's still that cognitive dissonance out there, and the all important need to never admit that you are wrong. Right? That's the most important thing, right? Yeah, it's you can't you can't do it in any way, shape, or form. It just it cannot happen. So Joe Biden will officially uh, accept the nomination to be president of the United States for the Democratic Party. Their nomination. Uh, what do you need to see tonight? Is there anything? I, again, I think we're looking at a don't fumble the ball situation. I, I'm I'm okay with prevent defense when it comes to this. I don't need to see anything. I'm I'm not on the fence here. I'll, if, if his speech isn't um, doesn't knock Obama's speech out from I'm not voting. I mean, this, this is just stupid. This is stupid. He he knows how to speak. He knows how to deliver a speech. He'll be fine. He'll be they fine. And, and he's got. By the way, he's got he's got some pretty uh, good heavyweights um, who are uh, sitting beside him. And I guess he does a lot of his own writing. Of speeches, but I I saw that John Meacham is one of the you know oh, he's, yeah. he's he's got not not uh, nothing compared to having oh say a, a Stephen Miller well that's the master speeches, yeah right, as we call master him. if you're Trump but but uh, he'll he'll be just fine I'm not worried about it not worried it's, at all I think this has been a bad week for Donald Trump and I think it's been a good week for the people who want to defeat Donald Trump I think the Democrats have had a good convention you've seen Steve Bannon get arrested you've seen as you say the judge in New York say that the you know they can go after his financial records I I, I think that the emperor has had a, a pretty bad Pharaoh has had a really bad week Brad Well but we just have to keep saying it it just doesn't matter right now nothing matters right now until the votes it just doesn't because right. that's how he plays the game. That's how he plays the game. And and uh, the the only thing that would make me really, really happy, this is how we're going to end this pod, the only thing that would make me truly happy is if on Thursday night, while Joe Biden is giving his speech to the country, that Donald Trump sitting there in his Barca lounger with the Domino's pizza with the remote control in his left hand and his phone in his right hand decides that because the taxes have to come out that he's out of there. I'm done. 
I've done so much for this country, I don't have to prove anything else. And I am leaving. I am not going to accept the nomination of my party next week. I will not serve a second term, America. You do not deserve me. The witch hunt, you own it. You figure it out, America. But I know I did nothing wrong. It's just some kind of crit. That's what I want from tonight. That's what I, I, that's, that's the August surprise that I want. I know it's not going to happen, but you know what? A guy can dream, can he? Brad and Brit.com.